after the success of our first virtual coaches training and people wanting to know if we're going to be doing another one, I've decided, yes, let's do this. Coming up on July 8th, I'll be hosting another virtual coaches training and Q&A. We'll start off talking about a variety of different training techniques to implement at your practices. The first time you set up a drill, they're just learning how the drill works. If you were to just set up the same exact drills you did last time, you would see how much more productive it is. It's called getting better at getting better. So what you want to do is come in, set up the same drill and go, hey guys, we're going to do the same thing we set up last time and watch, well, one, they'll set the drills up a lot faster, but they have that familiarity with it and they're going to be able to get better at getting better. Not to mention, we'll also talk about the things that you want to talk about. Sonia, go ahead and give us your thoughts on the training. I just thought the opening with the quiz questions alone was a good way to evaluate myself as a coach and look at my perspective. Every question I ask myself, do I actually do this? Can I do this? How will I do this? The discussion in the training just gave me new ideas and ways to implement a practice and I'm hoping that it will show useful throughout the season. So just thanks so much for the timing of the training and really appreciate your help. Guys, sign up now. Like last time, I want to keep the group small so it's super beneficial to everyone on the call. So first come, first serve, link in the show notes. And we're on. This is the Let's Talk Cheer podcast, and I'm your host, Jason Larkin. Where we talk cheer, we talk life, and we talk whatever comes to mind. Five, six, seven, eight, let's get started. Turn it up and tune in into Let's Talk Cheer with Jason Larkin. We're talking cheer, we're talking like you know we're always talking. So listen up, you boy, I'm about to go all in. Five, six, seven, eight, we're on. Let's begin. And batting leadoff, we have Shay Crawford. Shay, welcome back to the show. You're the first person to be on the show for three times. So, dude, you're you're a fan favorite. So let's go. Nice. Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, man. And this time we're actually going to talk tumbling. Like every time we've had you on, we haven't had you talk tumbling. <laughs> so I'm sure people see your name like, oh Shay, tumbling guy, let's go talk. And they're like, no, we're talking to poets today. No, we're talking. We're going to talk about who I am, what I've done. So now we're actually going to talk tumbling and, um, you know, get into it. So, um, again, thanks for coming on the show, man. Appreciate you. I appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me. I've enjoyed every every episode I've been on, man. I've had a good time, and I, I respect yeah. you. Proud of you, man, for you know, grinding and getting it out there. So you've been a positive influence on the industry, and we appreciate it. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. I really do appreciate that. All right. So let's uh let's hop straight into these letters. Uh, you've got, well, you've got A through E. So, uh, let's start off with A and A is for angles. So I hear a lot about different angles we need to have in tumbling angles into our round off or into or out of our back handspring. So talk to me about the different angles that we, that we need basically. So I like to explain angles similar to like a gas pedal. So if you push the gas pedal down, we go faster. If you lift it off, we go slower. Um, I try not to use the reference of speed more as control or lack of control. So the deeper the angle um, and the eyes on the toes, that can help with control. So sometimes, you know, um, probably one of the biggest discussions in the industry when it comes to tumbling is, do I teach a round-off tuck before I teach a round-off handspring tuck? And the mm -hmm. 
comes from if I were to land a round off to do a tuck, I would need my feet directly underneath me or slightly behind so that the power would lift up. Now, in that same time frame, we're trying to teach an athlete a round off back handspring tuck. In order to do that, we would need the, the feet to be slightly in front so that the momentum would carry us back. So uh, it can be confusing, and that's typically where that issue comes into play. So we want to make sure that we're understanding the angles and kind of what the power does. Um, I explain it a lot. Kind of kids can understand it when you talk about pole vaulting. You know, you're running forward, but you want that pole to come in so it stands your body up. If you don't have the proper angle when you're running into pole vaulting with that power, it can throw you uh, down into the mat, not lift you up and over. So our set would be that bar at the top of the pole vault. So round up back hands. We want to get up and over that bar before we're rotating. So thinking about that as far as angles really helps kids understand. Um, you can even take a broomstick and kind of throw it into the floor and, and show them that if you, uh, I remember Debbie Love did this at, at a USF, USASF conference. She literally took like a pole that was hanging on, that was like up against the wall and throw it into the floor at this angle and the pole stands straight up and then we come back down so that you understand the depth of the angles that you need. Some of the things that I do is I get an athlete on a panel mat and I would have them back handspring and then rebound back up onto that panel mat. So they would start on the panel mat, feet on the panel mat, hands on the panel mat, and they would land their feet off of it so that they would understand how to get their feet behind them to rebound back mm -hmm. up on that. And then if I want them, you know, I might have it. I, I typically do it like six to eight inches away from a Velcro line. So I'd have the panel mat here, the Velcro line here, back handspring onto that line straight up and down. So they realize that it goes, their angle is, straight up and down. If they want them to present this back handspring, like it's going to create power or create an angle, I would have them back handspring and land with their feet in front of the line and rebound over the line so that they could understand what the different angles do to their body. So it's one thing to explain and kind of talk about the pole vaulting analogy, but it's another thing to feel it. So that simple little drill of getting a panel mat, placing it about six to eight inches away from a line and having them rebound in different areas. And you can do the same thing with a round off, you know, round off, rebound back up onto a line, rebound back up onto the panel mat, rebound on the line, rebound and carry your weight over the line really helps the athlete feel and understand the difference of those angles. There we go. Okay. Um, I wanted to go back to the tuck just to, so we're talking about, so when we do a round off tuck, we want the feet underneath of us, maybe slightly behind us. Yep. When you do a round off, and you mentioned uh, when you do a round off handspring tuck, you want the feet in front of you. But you're talking about out of the round off. Yes. And that's where the confusion comes in. Yeah. So I just wanted to clear that up for everyone. Yeah, yeah. Feet, he's talking about the round off, not the not the handspring. Um. Yeah. Because and that's one thing I think a lot of people, well, I'll just say parent. You know, there's one thing about training. You know, your kids at home is they might not understand the difference between those different angles they need. And while they're, you know, they're super excited to work their their tuck because I want to work my tuck, but they don't realize that you know we need to be hitting at these different angles, and that can cause you know some some confusion in the gym. You know, why my kid can't get this certain skill? Okay, so real quick, I really like that panel mat drill. Really good drill teach the angles just run through with some novice coaches up here so give me the different angles i know you mentioned it but like break it down for our new coaches where 
if I want to do round off, let's say get into a round off back handspring or series back handsprings, where do my feet need to be at the end of those skills? So one of the things that you want to kind of do is have your athlete practice like doing a round off and then freezing in an athletic stance so that they understand control of that. And if they can freeze in that spot and they see where their toes are and their arms are covering their ears and they're in that shape, they're loading. We call that a, like a load position. So the athletic stance is the strongest position. I don't want to jump ahead to my next letter yet, but we want to be able to, to uh, control that. Our next letter is going to be B and we're going to bound into it. So, But before we bound and create power, we want to be able to control the power. So for our round off back handspring, we want those feet slightly in front but we still want to be able to see those toes so that we're creating control going into our next skill. If I'm off whip, I would have the same angle of having my feet in slightly in front of me, my eyes still able to see my toes. So that's kind of how I control that angle. If their angle is too deep and they can't see their toes, they're going to kind of round off back face spring. So we don't want that. We want to make sure that they can see their toes and then open that kind of controls the, the the power that would go into whatever that next skill was. Uh, if I'm going to do a round off tuck or um, round off back handspring tuck, I want my feet perfect world slightly behind. But if they're right underneath, that's going to that momentum is going to carry us a little bit. So we have the run and the round off that is generating speed and power. So that will carry us slightly. So the more our feet are in front, the lower our upper body is. So we want to make sure that those feet are underneath to slightly behind so that that momentum's up. Typically when we're looking to do layouts, fulls, double fulls, um, kind of the angle, the deeper the angle, the more the rise, the more the rise, the more time they have in the air to complete whatever skill. So I've seen kids that have done round off back answering tucks in this really deep angle. The deeper the angle, the stronger the athlete needs to be because if they're not strong enough to get up out of that angle, they can they can land short and then they get a little they get a little anxious. So so that they understand when you're doing those deep angles that you are preparing that your athlete's strong enough to get out of it. There you go. All right, let's move on to B as you uh, previewed for us, bounding. So talk to us about bounding. What is it? How do we train it? And, you know, give me some, some good stuff, you know, break it down. So bounding and rebounding would be the difference between your knees, like bending and jumping versus like a punch. Um, there's a skill called a bounder, which some call a fly spring. They're actually technically the same thing. And that would be a two feet, um, punching into a handstand forward. So think of like a front handspring, but instead of going into it with a lunge, you would go into it with feet together. So that would be a, that's called a bounder. So it's, it's the act of punching to the hands or punching feet to feet. So if we're going forward, it would be feet, hands, feet. If we're going backwards, you know, that would be a back handspring. So the angle at which you're in, you know, having the tightness of the knees, having understand uh, kids understand how to squeeze the quads so that they are able to punch. A simple thing you can do is just stand on the panel mat, jump off and punch back up. It's very surprising to me how many coaches kind of skip the simple step of having a kid stand on a panel mat, jump off and punch back up onto it. A lot of time kids start on that, they jump way too far away and then they bend and crunch and they don't realize that they don't need to travel a lot to be super tight. And they don't understand, you know, a lot of times we tell kids to squeeze and they're squeezing their muscles super tight, but that's not the same as engaging our muscles and using those muscles. So I'm squeezing my hand right now, 
but I'm not doing anything with it. Versus if I go here and I engage my fingers, that really would help me squeeze whatever I'm doing much better. So a lot of times we talk about, you know, squeezing your, lock your leg. Well, locking your leg versus teach them what a hamstring, a glute, a quad, you know, teach them what those different muscles are. You know, those are simple versions of it, but teach them what those muscles are and they'll understand how to use them better. So um, bounding would be, you know, I, I, I like to start by doing like, a standing, you know, a round off rebound up onto a mat or a back handspring rebound up onto a mat. That would be that rebound is a bound. And that's understanding that uh, bounding often comes with if we're, if we're connecting aerial skills, such as a round off whip bound into a layout or um, when you get to the upper levels, a full whip, full, full whip, double, that would be considered a bounding skill having kids kind of going back to that round off. Can you see your toes? So if you come out of your round off, you want to be in this position so that you can bound into the correct angle. So making sure they see their toes every time they touch the floor will really help the athlete increase control. And then, you know, if you have a kid that's trying to do a round off whip tuck and they see their toes and they're way behind them and they get up in the air and they, it like kind of scares them a little bit, you know, then they see where your toes underneath you, were they behind you, were they in front of you? Okay. Let's adjust that angle so that we're um, more confident and we have more power, more control under those skills as well. So bounding, you know, um, would just be, you know, a simple thing you can do on the tumble track is just have them start in a place, bounce three times, see how far they can get away from the, from the place they started and bounce and come back to it. So that's a fun little game. Who can, who can get the furthest and get back to their same area. And you'll see a lot. They'll go really far out, but then they kind of crunch. So they're not able to get back. Um, you can do the same thing with a standing back handspring, like on a line. Um, I'll have athletes like stand on a line, back handspring, rebound back to the line, back handspring, rebound back to the line, half turn, back handspring, rebound past the line, back handspring rebound short of the line so that they figure out how to bound, how to bound and how to use, utilize those angles to help them. Great stuff. Shay, this is great stuff, man. You should do, you should do, you know, I just had a great idea. You should do clinics. And since you work at Brandon, you should call them um, BA clinics and you <laughs> should do that. So, uh, um, we have VA technique clinic that we send staff all over the world to do. So if you're interested, hit me up. Shay at Brandon All-Star. There you go. Nice pitch. Boom. That's how it's done. Core. All right. Let's talk about the core. You know, I want to talk about, well, let's see. Let's see. Let, I want to see where you go with C for core. And I'll just, I'll just interrupt you when I have questions. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of times we tell athletes core, but we don't really understand what it is. It, it goes back to squeezing versus engaging muscles. So one of the best things that I found, and again, I got to give credit to Debbie Love, is to get your athlete in a push-up shape and have them look at their toes and walk their hands out as far as they can without falling. It's very important that they don't fall as far as they can without falling and then have them hold that for five to 10 seconds. Looking that you <laughs> try it right now. If you're bored, get on the floor, get in a push-up shape, walk your hands out as far as you can with keeping your eyes on your toes. And see how far you can go out and hold for 10 seconds. You will feel that it is an engagement from your your cheeks all the way through your toes. So the core is your midsection. Obviously, like, you know, if you have a six-pack, I do not anymore. 
it is long gone, but that's what we're utilizing. And if we don't, if we're not strong there, then we're not strong anywhere. If you got super big quads and big glutes and big hamstrings, but you don't have the core to balance it out, you're going to have problems. Uh, again, if you don't have a strong core, you're probably going to have a weak lower back. Um, so a lot of times these athletes that are trying to pull scorpions and scales and things like that, they have a very flexible back, but they might not strengthen it in their, in their core. So they're going to have a hard, you know, they might be able to kick that leg, but once it gets up there, it's going to kind of, if you ever have that kid that can kick a scorpion, but then they, they start weevil and wobbling and they're all over the place they don't have a good foundation so again having a strong core that's my that's my go-to skill is getting in a push-up shape walking out as far as they can um, i'd have them walk back in they can get in that that extended plank position to take one hand put their hand on their hip try to hold that switch put one hand on the other hip try to hold that do the hips where they roll back and forth um, those are some of my go-to core exercises that really help the athlete feel what I'm talking about when I'm saying squeeze, engage your core versus just like, Hey, you need to work on your core. Hey, your core is not strong. How do I fix it? What am I doing? What am I utilizing? How do I feel it? Um, if you can't feel it, you can't fix it. That's kind of my, my mantra. So I'm having the athletes feel it. There we go. And on a scale, just to, just to give this some, some significance, I guess uh, scale of one to 10, how important would you say core strength is in tumbling? On a scale of one to ten, I'd say about a twenty-five or thirty. <laughs> yeah. So you know, one of the exercises that we do is uh, as part of our warm-up is uh, back walk over to handstand snap down, um, and you'd be amazed at it. You know, that's that that middle area of really being able to get over and turn that hand. You know, turnover is such a big word when we're talking about speed, and if you don't have the strength, you know, to turn that over. You're just doing a back flop spring, you know, like the purpose of a back handspring is to generate speed and power and to increase speed and power. And if your core is not strong, even, you know, we talked about jumping forward and being able to punch. If you can't, if, if it's super tight with your toes and your knees, but it gets up to the top of your body and it turns loose, then you're in trouble. So, you know, core, core is, you know, and again, when you're talking about stunning and baskets pyramids like everybody not just the top girl like your base is being able to hold a strong position with their arms up by their ears and, and stunning and being able to to catch i think of a lot of it where people realize think about it the most is like when they catch a cradle like really engaging that core so being able to be nice thing with that um, also the core attaches attaches to our hip flexors so having a strong core will help your jumps as well so core helps it all so core is one of the and again it's for safety too, like to be able to protect your back and protect your knees to be able to help balance all that out so it's a safety thing as much as it is a power thing there we go i love it man i love it all right here we go double fulls d for double fulls here we go so talk to us about double fulls talk to me about prerequisites talk to me about drills talk to me about things to avoid d double fulls it's all yours double full probably the most important thing uh, anytime an athlete is twisting to have a couple rules the legs are never allowed to land perfectly locked so as we were talking before about practicing bounding that's really good for punching in and out of skill but when we're landing the knees must be soft they're not bent but they need to be slightly on their toes and soft i also teach my athletes to land with their feet slightly apart never past uh, shoulder width. A lot of people ask about the drivers and your landings, landing drivers. A female's body, you know, we talk about an hourglass. 
you know, the hourglass shape. So the hips are pressing on the outside of the feet if we are landing with our feet together. So by having those feet slightly apart, the hips would press straight down so that we're able to have a much safer landing. So it's very important that females, especially females, males are allowed to do it as well, land with their feet just, just, just slightly apart. And we're not talking about landing in the splits. So legs are never allowed to be locked. Feet are allowed to be shoulder width to it together and they're never allowed to be crossed. Any moment that they are crossed, we take a step back. Uh, prerequisite to a double full is I would like to see a really strong round off my canswing full. Uh, perfect world, they're also have a standing two to full or even a one to full, showing me that they're they're nice and strong. There's a, there's a lot of different debates on where the arms go. As far as I am concerned, I don't care where your hands go as long as both hands are on the same side of your body and they're touching your body. So if I start to spin, right, and I get right here, if my head turns, my hands can get away from me, okay? So it's very important that my hands touch my body so that when I'm spinning, they're not away from me. So as soon as my hands get away, it's kind of like a like a parachute on a drag car. You know, like I start spinning, my hands get away from me, it slows me down. So I want to make sure that I keep the gas, you know, I want that nitrous button on my race car. I want to hit that, hit that button. And when my hands touch my body, it, it adds a little extra juice of speed. Um, keeping the eyes on the toes. One of my favorite drills is, uh, is a front Rudy, you know, even if it's onto a flat back, a front full and a half, um, that really helps them see that landing. Um, doing round off back hands and rebounds up onto the highest surface they can. I think one of the, one of the things that's often overlooked and probably I kind of stole this from Matt Kelly a lot is um, doing a really long fat, like two, two step, four step. I don't care. I want them to run. I want a lot of speed and power and I want them to round off back hands and rebound straight up and straight down. If they can't control that rebound just to go straight up, straight down, What's going to happen when they get up in the air and start flipping and twisting? They have no idea what's going on. So if you have an athlete that's doing round off back hamstring and the rebound is out of control or it's traveling forward, back, side to side, that's a, that's a red flag as a coach that we need to go back and work on it. A lot of times you're going to have, when you ask kids to do that, they're going to try to slow down their round off back hamstring so that rebound doesn't move, but you're not generating power. I need that round off back hamstring rebound to be as fast as if they're going to double full. So I want to make sure that, that I'm seeing that probably one of the biggest drills. And I don't know that this is necessarily a drill, but it's more of a mindset. I ask my kids often when we start working on big skills, if they've ever been to an open gym at another gym and they see a kid and all she does is a handstand. And as soon as they see her do a handstand, they look over and they're like, wow, I bet that girl's really good. Well, all you saw her do was a handstand. What if everything you did was just like that? Why isn't your handstand always like that? Why isn't your round off always like that? Why isn't your back answering always like that? If every time you came in the gym, you were the one leaving an impression on others of how to do it, then everybody's going to look at you and be like, wow, I bet that girl already has that. I can watch a kid do a round off, a round off back handspring and be like, all right, that kid's got a full or a double full but they never even got up off the ground. They never flipped once. So I think it's really important to have your kids have the mindset that they're doing every skill to prepare for a double full. They're doing a round off and level one to prepare them one day to be able to double full. You're doing a back handspring and level two to prepare you one day to be a double full. And if you're not, 
then what's going to happen is you're going to get to the time to start working in double full and you haven't put as much time into it as you could have. So it's going to bite you eventually. Excellent point. That, that was great. Good stuff, man. All right, let's move on to E, your last question. E, for equipment, what's some of your favorite equipment to use in the gym? So I, I cheat when it comes to equipment, and that is that I'm an ambassador for tumble track. So I literally have every piece of tumble track equipment that's known to man, um, and I love it all. Um, probably my favorites are the tumble tape. Um, it's a, I don't even know how long it is. It's listed on their website. 40 maybe i think they have longer ones um but every about two feet is a different color so some people call it the rainbow tape it's officially technically tumble tape but um so it'd be like yellow for two feet red for two feet or it actually goes yellow orange red so that the athletes know where to put their hands um so you know if we're going to do a round off handspring tuck your hands go on the baby blue if we're looking to do and kind of comes back to the angles, I'm going to scoot them back a little bit. So I'm going to increase that angle. All right. Next time I want your hands to go on the dark blue. So I want them to land in the same spot, but start a little further back. Um, it's really, it's a really good visual piece. Um, I think the, you know, the standard, you can never have too big of a folding cheese mat. You can never have too many eight inch mats, panel mats. Um, the bigger the mat, the more it folds, the happier the coach, <laughs> you know, so I think those are standards. Um, got a T trainer recently and that's been my new toy and I kind of explain it like a portable mini tumble track, um, that I can, you know, two kids can pick it up, grab it, move it everywhere. And we got this little mini bouncing, bouncing tumble track that I can utilize for, uh, standing, running, I can put a panel mat in front of it, treat it like a longer tumble track. Uh, that's been that's been my new toy that I'm just in love with. Um, you know, I, you can never have you know rubber bands uh, where you're working on your hand placement, working on you know athletes feeling their feet together. Um, I think one of the coolest pieces of equipment that I've used, and I stole this from Debbie Love. If you go to the dollar store, they have these little uh, like wings. They're like little rubber bands and they're like big wings on your back. And it really helps the kids feel to reach back and touch the wings when they're going into a back handspring or round up back handspring rebound set. And they can touch the wing before they tuck. I think that was a really cool one that, uh, that I got for Debbie and you would be a mate. Like I got it from like my little kids going into back walkovers. And then all of a sudden all my senior kids were like, we want to tumble with the wings. You know? So if you looked around Brandon all-stars, there's like 50 kids with angel wings running around tumbling so they had a lot of fun with that and you can get them for a pretty cheap price at like the dollar store so uh being creative um being able to grab different things you know i've used water bottles i've used a newspaper you know so i'm very blessed in the facility that we're in and being an ambassador that i have a lot of equipment but i've i've been in a you know for many years my dad we had a you know we had about four strips of carpet bonded foam and we had to get creative so I've used every worth everything from an empty water bottle to a 40 foot, you know, um, transition bed, tumble track and 60 foot rod floor. So, you know, I've used it all and had success across the board. So be creative. Uh, don't be afraid to ask for help. If you need help, you know, Hey, what would you do if this is all you have? Hey, here's what I would do. So there's a lot of people out there that are happy to help. So there we go. Shay, here we go. Shay, you've been great. Thanks. You've been great. This is this how we start the show off. You've been awesome, man. So we kind of did it already, but I'm going to give you one more time. Officially tell the people 
if they're interested in you know working with you in any capacity how can they reach you and what kind of things do you offer uh i'm shay at brandonallstars.com you can reach me anytime all my social medias are sc flips that started in college and it's stuck um we have va technique clinics where we have staff from brandon allstars that literally travel the world we can customize whatever you need we can come to you stunts baskets pyramids whatever you need i'm not going to do your dance but we do have staff that can do your dance uh, we offer staff training right at the end of the season this year. We did some staff, we did some coaches, some hands-on coaches clinics at Brandon All-Stars, which was just really cool. And I look forward to doing more of those. Might have to get Mr. Larkins out and see if we can put him to work on some of those in the future. Like I said, I, I, I'm an ambassador for Tumble Track as well. So happy to help you there. I know Jason's uh, uh, enjoying, uh, involved with Tumble Track as well. So uh, they, they have the highest quality products that, that just are great for, for our sports. So... BA Technique Clinics, Shea at BrandonAllStars.com. Happy to help you. It's S-H-E-A. So that's how you spell the wonderful name of Shea. There you go. Shea, you're welcome back anytime, man. I pre- hey, Thanks for having me again. Proud of you, man. And uh, genuinely humbled and honored to have the opportunity to come speak, speak for you. Hey, best of luck this season, man. Thanks for watching the Let's Talk to Your podcast. Definitely subscribe so you never miss out on anything from the show.